0: Man, that music was good today, wasn't it? Man, that praise this morning was good today. Mm. That was fantastic. Thank you so much, worship team. Thank you, production, for making this happen. We're very thankful for that, being tools and instruments for God to use. Well, as you see, Jeff is not here today still. Keep being in prayer for him and his family as they're we're traveling back this week. Also, for Danny and Joanne as well, Be in prayer for those Um, And the topic we're going to talk about today is uh, not fun. I will tell you, I love to be like super positive, you know. I really do. I mean, I really want to be like super positive. But today's topic isn't that fun (laughs) necessarily. So before that, I want to talk about a couple of things that's been happening in Grace Kids, just a few quick things. God's been doing things that only he can do. Um, Not last Wednesday, but the Wednesday before last. Um, Miss Christy Ray came to me at the dinner time and said, hey, Asher's been asking some questions. Would you mind talking with him? And I said, yeah, come, come with us. Yeah, I want the, let's all talk to him. And um, it's like in the scripture when it says, what must I do to be saved? Asher was ready and uh, a week ago, last Wednesday, he trusted Christ to be his personal savior during uh, Wednesday night program, base camp. That's a praise, man. I tell you, that was exciting. And then uh, for the last about seven weeks, every Tuesday, we get the privilege to go to uh, uh, Whitehall Elementary School. Let me just say this, God has opened some big time doors for us there. I um, incredible things that he's allowing us to do there. But there's a several of us that go every Tuesday. Uh, Miss Elaine Waters goes and Miss Jennifer Anders goes. Matt Biedenbender goes with us. And uh, we get to have Good News Club with them in the afternoons. And uh, this month, a few weeks ago, we saw our first uh, child accept Christ, a fourth grader by the name of Paris. And then last Wednesday, we saw three fifth graders come to know the Lord as personal Savior. And what was awesome is, is Miss Elaine, Matt, and myself were able to be involved in leading them to Christ. And to be able to see that happen, um, and of all that age group, the fifth grade is the They're the big kids on campus. So if they begin to turn, God, I will say this. These people are our neighbors, and our neighbors need Jesus. They need Jesus. Um, But God has just opened incredible doors at that school. I would ask that you pray, if you could put it on your calendar, every Tuesday at about 2.30, to pray for us as we go there that God's just doing some unbelievable things. And um, I will admit, man, we left Tuesday, and I've been on a high ever since to see uh, those three fifth graders and uh, Paris, Mason, and McKaylin all accepted Christ and were able to get them Bibles and just the cool things that only God is allowing us to do. All right, so now to the fun part, right? (laughs) Turn your Bibles back to James chapter number three. A few weeks ago we were sitting in a staff meeting and. I always ask if there's both me and Mike both are going to preach because I don't really want us to preach the exact same thing if at all possible. And so I said, hey Mike, what you uh, preaching on? I'm preaching, I'm starting on James. Oh no. <laughs> I said, uh, I said uh, what, what, what chapter? <laughs> chapter one. Oh good, I'm in chapter three. <laughs> um, fantastic. So yeah, we're, we're in James chapter uh, three today. Um, I am excited to be able to bring this to you, I really am. God's doing some things in my life with it. I believe if we honor his word, he'll absolutely use it and he'll use it today. So let's look at the first 12 verses. This goes quick though, I promise. Um, this whole message is real well bit to get built together. James, in a lot of ways, we don't have to question what James is saying, right? He just says it. So we don't have to wonder, what does that word mean? No, we pretty much know, it'll tell us. So James chapter three, starting in verse one. Not many of you should become teachers. What? Jeff just said a few weeks ago, we're all teachers, right? To our family members. This says, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says... He is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on the fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, These things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Yep, (laughs) that's right. Too tough to tame. We're talking about the tongue today. And... Many times today, when we refer to the tongue, I want you to think of your rectangular devices in your pockets, okay? I want you to think of what you type on your iPads or your tablets, okay? Any form of communication that we have, don't just think of actual speaking, okay? Because there's much more we're doing today across the world, very quickly, and by the way, a lot's being done for Jesus with with this technology. All right, But we're talking about communication in general. When we say this little tiny member called the tongue, too tough to tame. When it comes to our text, I will tell you, I was honestly have been studying a whole other book, Jonah, and I was excited to preach it. And then a few weeks ago, um, I had a discussion with Kristen. Discussion would be a good, maybe a conversation, maybe a better way to put it. And I began to realize again, Lord, I need help with my tongue. Lord, I need help with my tongue. Lord, I need help with my tongue. And so he kept driving me back to this passage. And I said, Lord, Jonah is so much more fun. (laughs) Jonah's encouraging, man. The great things that happen in that, you know, nope. We're going to go back to the tongue again and again. So I'm going to readily admit to you, This is not something I will tell you that I believe I personally have mastered. I believe God is working, and boy is he working, purging. But I think it's all something that we can learn and grow together, because as the family, that's what we're supposed to do, right? Encourage each other, build each other up, pray for each other in strengths and in weaknesses. And so I'm gonna be, I guess, very open and tell you this is something that I'm praying the Lord will continue to purge and work on in my life. And if you are a conversational enthusiast, okay, Some people call those blabbermouths. Man, they're not blabbermouths. They're conversational enthusiasts. They enjoy conversation, okay? You may find yourself needing this today as well. If you are not, if you are a listening enthusiast, pray for us, all right? Because we definitely need it, all right? So number one today, a warning to teachers and grace for teachers. So a warning to teachers and grace for teachers. If you go back to verses one and two, James here talking to Christians, okay, speaking to to the family of God, says, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. We have lots of teaching here at Graceview Church. There's teaching that's happening right now. Um, You can walk down the hallway, and if you look to your left, even two-year-olds on their level are being taught scripture, Go down a little further on your left, and you'll find fours and five-year-olds, again, learning on their level. Look to the right as you go down, and you'll see first through fifth graders, lots of teaching. And that's just on this wing. By the way, when it's your time for one out of every six or five or however, when you serve, those are not wasted moments. They are extremely valuable How many of you in this room, and you can raise your hand if you feel comfortable, would say, you know what, I was saved from the age of 12 or younger? Yep, right, many, many in this room. And more than likely, someone on a Sunday or a Wednesday contributed to that. Because in children's ministry, I mean, we get to see, we don't always get to see what we saw in the last month happen every single week. But man, it is more common, right? Because they don't have Some of the baggage to bring along from life. They can still see that God is big. By the way, we can learn from them still. God is big. And don't ever believe that those moments are wasted. Ah, listen, I got my 40 something minutes here. On to the next thing. No. They're extremely valuable. And then on this wing, the same thing teaching. In that other building over there, teaching. Those moments that we, that we have, they're very valuable. And that's why we ought to spend time in what we're studying. Because the Bible says we're gonna give an account for every single word. That's really scary. That's scary. Because sometimes we come in and we're tired or we're frustrated or something in life's not going well. And next thing you know, we've got this eight-year-old kid We had a football game last week, and his life's just going great, man, you know? And we think, well, let's get through this. On to the next thing. No. No, it's a privilege. By the way, the moments that happen in all our life groups are privileges. Wednesday nights, they're real opportunities. And by the way, what happens in the home, as Jeff has talked about before, being teachers, those moments are privileges. They don't always feel that way. That's why we're going to find out in a little bit how much we need God when it comes to our tongue. But there's great responsibility. Be careful how you lead others that you have authority over. Be careful. Uh, Turn with me to Matthew chapter 18. I'm gonna give you the note right after that line too. It says, teachers will give an account for what they taught. So be careful how you lead others that you have authority over and teachers will give an account for what they taught. Turn to Matthew chapter 18 Flip over, you can look right on the screen. Uh, We're going to look at verses 5 and 6 real quick. It says, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Now, you know how big a millstone is? It is huge. It is huge. And two of those millstones are grind that wheat, process of turning it to bread. And the Bible here says the moments you have with children are so important that if you lead them astray, it'd be better just to jump off a cliff with a big millstone wrapped around your wrapped around your neck and to sink and drown. See, Jesus takes those moments, especially with children. It's great. They're important. But on any level of teaching, it's very important. That's what makes it so difficult. Now wait a minute, Brandon, you said a warning to teachers and grace for teachers. Yes, yes, let's talk about some grace for a minute. There won't be many of those in this message, let's enjoy these few moments, right? Verse two, verse two it says, for we all stumble in many ways, and anyone who does not stumble in what he says is a perfect man, able also to bridle, bridle his whole body. No matter, no believer, no matter how great a teacher he or she is, is free from stumbling and falling, right? I mean, take it at home just for a moment or on the way to church. Now, if you're not, oh, okay, you know, because we gotta put it on our clothes and be so good once we get out, but those moments beforehand, man, they're rough. They can be rough, right? It's pretty clear here the Bible's saying, hey, you're gonna stumble and fall as a teacher. It's gonna happen. I'll tell you the greatest words some parents can say, and mine have to hear it consistently, is Riley Avery, I'm sorry. Dad messed up again. Dad sinned. I'm sorry that I didn't say this right or I did this. You can't look to dad to have all the answers. You gotta look to Jesus. Because dad's learning too. God gives us grace for the teacher. That's why, hey, we need more teachers. You're like, I knew he was going to plug something that was needed. Um, <laughs> but it's true. We do. We need more teachers. So don't let this be a reason not to take that step of faith. Don't let this be a reason to say, well, I can't. I have this. No. No. Let God do things inside of you that's never happened before. Let God use you in a life that you would not have had the opportunity to be used in. I mean, we, if I could show, share with you some of the parents that come on Wednesday night and the children we get the privilege to spend time with, to invest in, we don't know what's going to happen there. That's a the great thing about children's ministry, by the way, is you don't instantaneously see the end. There'll be many times where they won't even know who you are when you're an adult, and that's great. Why? Because it's God doing the work and then doing the investing. Yeah, so teaching, big deal. It's very important. I don't want a millstone across my head and I'm going to jump off a cliff, Right? I don't think anyone does. (laughs) No, it's a big deal. And unfortunately, we have this tongue that is very difficult, very difficult to tame. Extremely difficult to tame. Personal maturity can be measured. A person's maturity, spiritual maturity, can be measured by the control of his tongue. So I'm gonna ask real, real quick. Does the Holy Spirit have control of your tongue? Does the Holy Spirit have control of your fingers when you're typing that message, that text, or that social post? Because if not, well then we're liable to say anything destructive, hurtful, Right? We do not just occasionally fall in sin. We're always coming up short. This is not an excuse because of the account we have to give of every word. I think many times when it comes to talking, we forget what it would be like to be on the other side of this question. So there are times when you can say something and maybe you in your heart of hearts mean it a certain way, right? But it doesn't come out that way if we could be the receiver. Because buddy, it's easy to boast in what we're doing or talk about something great that we're doing, but we miss the person that we're talking to. And that's so important for those of you that are a conversational enthusiast, right, to remember that the person I'm talking to matters. They're a creation of God. In this, James is saying they're the family of God. This is not talking even to the lost world. It's how we talk to each other. Man, it is so quick to say, I'd do better at that than that person's doing. I I can do this better. Oh, really? Well, I will tell you, if you want to try some of those things out, the Children's Ministry, again, has many opportunities for you to try those out. If you feel like you can do better, we'd love to see it, honestly. Because we'll admit we don't have all the answers. Say, well, I I I read my Bible every day. Oh, praise the Lord. I spend time in real prayer. Every day. I'm growing spiritually. Well, what are your last 10 posts? What's the last text message of gossip that you sent? Right? What's the last hurtful word that you uttered? That's what makes us so hard. That's what requires us to humble ourselves. What we say reveals what is in our heart in mind. What do you think about? What do you spend time putting in the eye gate? 2 Corinthians 10:5 and 6. One of my favorite verses sets of verses because it applies us so much and again it absolutely applies to the tongue. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Imagine for a moment that every one of your thoughts was under captive of the Holy Spirit. But wouldn't your words be different? Your actions be different? You say, wait, I read that, that's that's impossible. Right, well it is. I can't in my own power destroy these arguments. I can't in my own power control even my own, my thought life, it requires the Lord. And I'll say this, I've went over this for several weeks. And there are many times God would just stop me and say, All right, we're going to talk about this a little bit, just me and you. I'm like, Lord, I didn't. I mean, like, I'm terrible at this, Lord. What, what are we going to do? I mean, I had a math teacher who's actually now a pastor in Alabama tell me a long time ago, in another lifetime, I actually sold him one of the cars he's driving, actually, right now. He told me, He said, Now, Brandon, you need to find something. That you can use your mouth and make money. He's, because Brandon, all in school, your mouth has got you in trouble, buddy. That thing had not stopped. So find you something that you can do that will garnish you some wages. If you're here Monday through Friday, you'd notice that too. Me and, me and Renee have like our own little wing of the, of the office. And there's always something being said or talked about. But what are you thinking about? What are you spending time on? What TV show are you watching? Have you ever noticed you'll say a phrase from a show? If you watch it on Netflix, maybe on on, a constant over and over and over again? Same thing with scripture. Man, the more we put scripture inside of us, it just has to come out. The more it actually stops. The great thing about whether it comes with a tongue, and this is what actually excites me about talking about this is, is the more I keep feasting and studying, the more my mouth stays closed. The more, you know what, I don't have to say that. It's not necessary that something's said here. Well, I, wait, I don't have to have an opinion here. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, and 6 again. When your obedience is complete. When your obedience is complete. Man, that's good. So now James is going to give us several illustrations. We don't have to find them in the, in, 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 as far as looking them up to, find, to illustrate this passage, because he gives them to us. Go back to uh, James chapter number 3 and look at uh, verses 3 to 8, and we're going to see several illustrations, very pertinent, okay? It says we put bits in the mouths of horses. What do bits do? Help you drive that horse, right? All right, verse 4, ships driven by strong winds, guided by what? A tiny little rudder, Whatever the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. And then he goes through this and says, how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Number two, great power out of such a small package. Great power out of a small package. R.C. Sproul put it this way, the tongue is a small part of the body that is capable of creating great disaster. Great disaster. Now, when I think of that, okay, and I'll admit I was speaking, talking to another pastor yesterday, and he gave me this unbelievable portion of illustration that I'm going to use. I'm not going to do the other part. But he was talking about the shotgun shell. This little thing, I mean, not that I would encourage this, but a toddler could play with this and maybe not hurt themselves, right? I mean, it's so tiny. Yet, what happens when this thing is shot out of a gun? Whatever it enters, it destroys, right? I mean, they talk, uh, living near uh, Columbus, living in Columbus, Georgia for a while, and hearing these soldiers that would go to war, talk about the weaponry they would use, how we'd just annihilate with just one bullet. We are destroying families and relationships, churches, and each other by the words that we say, by the text messages that we send out, destroying them. So the tongue can greatly exaggerate a person's. We got several um, listings here. Number one is ability. Greatly exaggerate ability. Next one's position. Not only ability, but position. 85%, according to a 2017 survey by Inc. Incorporated, 85% of resumes that were submitted had lies about someone's ability or maybe a previous position, 85%. Some of those have to be Christians, right? And you say, well, I don't know how accurate that study is. Okay, well, you know what, let's say it's 50%. Inc. Incorporated, I mean, it, it says 85%. That's, the, that's one of the lowest I could find. I found actually higher than that, I'm trying to be conservative here. 85% of the words on a piece of paper to get a job are nothing but a lie. Why? Because we live in a world that we gotta accentuate our ability. Talk great of how great we are, whatever we're great at, man. Post it out there, buddy. I'm the best there ever was, right? To make our position a little something, just a little bit better than what it actually is. Possessions, that's your next one. You know, it's easy to find somebody that has more than you do. But we are not the collection of our toys. Spirituality. Well, I'm more spiritual than this person because I read my Bible six out of seven days and they did five out of seven. You know? And we laugh at that, but that's exactly what happens. We find ways to marginalize each other with our words and then our success. And in every one of those cases, the focus is off of God and all about what I am, what I'm good at, what I can do, my ability. Jeremiah nine twenty three and 24 this verse, if you were in the Mentor Men program last year, was a verse you memorized. Me and Riley have tried to memorize this ver- these two verses this week. This, I, I saw this making that video, and I could not, I can't get over it. The gospel is in these two verses. The importance of having relationships with Jesus is in these two verses. So look at them, if you will. It says, Jeremiah 9:23 and 24, it says, Thus says the Lord. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Don't glory in what you know. Let not the mighty man boast in his might or his strength. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. This is the key to the verse, though. But let those who boast boast in this, that he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord, who, pra- who practises steadfast love, justice and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Go back to that one part. But let him who boasts boast in this. I remember when that video, when Jeff was talking about that, I was going to end the back, and I try to watch those to see just different things. I'm not a lot of times. I'm not listening to content. I'm listening to how it plays or whatever. And buddy, it was like God says, stop. You need to listen to this. Stop. Let him who boasts, boast that he understands God, that he knows the Lord. For to know somebody, you gotta talk to them, right? You gotta spend time with them. You gotta study. Because he's a God of the practice of steadfast, never-ending love. And I'll say in all this, this study of over a month or so, about a month, excuse me, every time God's like, hey, I gave you that tongue. I know it's a struggle. I love you. Hey, it's okay. I'm going to be here with you. One of the reasons I want you to speak is to speak my words. He wants that to all of us. He wants us to speak his words and what encouragement that is. Don't you see, don't you know that, notice the difference when you're with somebody who has a real relationship with God the things that they talk about, the things that they discuss, versus someone who, I mean, they come on Sundays, you know, and, and they may pick up their Bible. There's just a, it's just a difference. I want to encourage you this week to memorize those two verses. It'll change the way you think. It'll change what you boast about, what you talk great about. The tongue can destroy. A devastating forest fire that rages out of control begins with just a spark. A spark. I wish I could tell you or bring before you some of the children that we get to see, and how their lives have been destroyed by what their parents have said to them, by what their families have done to them, just with their just with their words. Right now, there is a forest fire in California that two and a half million people will not have power. They had to turn the power off. Right. Did y'all read what what started that fire? It is believed that a small little metal link connecting electrical lines started that fire. Thousands of acres have been burned. Same with our tongue. What if instead of that one thing we wanted to say to that person because it's time for them to hear this, we gave them that one word of encouragement. What if in that moment when they deserve, wait, hold up, what do you mean they deserve? Who are we to say that? I mean, think about that fire. I mean, this company, the company that, has, that is claiming blame or said so that it's their fault has um, filed for bankruptcy over one little tiny connector cable. But when we talk about perfect timing, I was reading through that and I thought, man, all that fire and all that land that's been just destroyed, yet... The lives we are put in front of every single week. That person at work that doesn't know the Lord, that just needs to be encouraged. Needs to be told, hey, thank you for being here. Man, i like to talk to you. Man, it's, it's a privilege to get to know you. That person at work who's easy to talk to. You have something in common with. To continue, continue needs to hear encouragement. Words will leave a stain on your character. So, I love wings, some of you know that. Um, I actually eat with some of you every Thursday. By the way, everybody, anybody's invited to that? Any man, any man that would like to come with us on Thursdays for lunch? We just go hang around a table, eat some wings. The great thing about wings is you want to get as hot as, per, as you can stand and then dip it into like a ranch or a blue cheese to kind of so you can survive it, right? And I will say, I love sauces, man. I think sauces are the reason we have food, condiments, buddy, I mean they're awesome, right? Because of that, I'm always fighting, and it's right here, like right, like in the heart. Because if I'm gonna drop something, it's gonna have to be something where everybody can see. Oh, you just ate? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I just ate. I had some wings. They were awesome, right? <laughs> but I can't stand to get that little stain. And man, I'll do whatever's necessary. Grab some ice cubes, rub it down, do something to get it off. Hey, now I've got an extra shirt in my office just in case now. No way I can't go out the rest of my day with a stain on a Thursday because I can't stand a stain on my shirt. When I think of this, this uh, note, words leave a stain on your character. You know, some of those homes that were burned to the ground, some of those people may never recover. That's a stain that they'll have to live with the rest of their life. And the words that we say have the same effect. There's someone in your life, if you're, if you're at a spot where maybe you love your job or love what you're doing or feel like, hey, this is what God's called me to, more than likely you can go back to someone. I can. I can tell you multiple people in my life when I didn't even like the position I was in, whether it be school or whatever. There's always, there was someone God put there and it left a stain that I'll go back to and say, thank you, Lord, for putting that person in my life at a certain point. But when we talk about stains, we never really talk about it in a positive light. How many people have you come across within your path that you've said something that you're like, "Ooh, I wish I could pull that back? Too late. It's there. Now, God's gracious. We don't want to minimize the graciousness of God in any of this today. He forgives. Absolutely, He forgives. But words leave a stain; They just do. That's why it's important that we don't just spout off. That we don't just say things just to be saying things. That our our words are valuable. Evil speech, blasphemy, gossip, slander, lying has the power to spoil, corrupt the entire moral character of a person. If there's a worker that you work with, and man, they are a great employee as far as being on time, because in today's society, if you're on time, you're great. If, you do, if you do, they do a good job, they put their time in, but they constantly have a bad attitude with their words, you tend to forget all the good they do. Like, man, I don't want to be around that person. Why? Because they're corrupt. Ephesians 4 and 31 says. We always read 432, but I think we miss 431. (laughs) Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with malice. Let it be put away from you. It's not something you should be involved in. I should be involved in. Titus chapter three. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. The world is starving for genuine kindness and courtesy. The world's starving for it. You would be surprised at what, hey, have a great day. Good to see you today. What it means to, any, to, to people. You never know. I had it happen by accident. I, I saw someone at a coffee shop a couple of months ago. said, hey, have a great day. Good to see you. Didn't even think about it. I got a text later on from, from someone they had spoke to and said they were dealing with a, many struggles right then. It was a low point in their life. In just that few seconds of courtesy, so that moment when you're about to pass by somebody, by someone and you're almost fearful, like, I better not say anything. Oh, no. What better to say, hey, have a great day? We've got people in our church that do that. We've got people here that you walk in the door and you immediately feel loved. And everybody knows the few people that I'm thinking of right now. Why? Because they've loved on you too. They have the reputation of just speaking positive. Hey, how's your day going? Man, good to see you. Doesn't that make your day versus, yep, nothing. like, what? I mean, it's just the the, the difference. And and we think it's minimal, but it's actually huge. James 4.11, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. So, here's a great example. This happened in the last several days. There's a rapper who would be known, Kanye West. Right? You've heard of him, more than likely. There was a point several years ago when he was on a magazine, had a crown of thorns put on his head, called himself Jesus. I remember seeing that, and I was like, whoa. We are taking things to a new level of blasphemy, right? I mean, just... Horrendous. Well, in the last several days, he has come out and said he was once a sinner on his way to hell, and he's trusting Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. Now, here's the thing. With the four people that I mentioned earlier by name and with Kanye, I guarantee both those people will be judged and measured much differently. Go to, go to Twitter right now and look up Kanye. He's getting blasted by Christians. Why? Well, because he used to, wait, hold, hold up. He was dead in sin, right? Just like I was dead in sin. Now, I don't know his heart, but man, I'm thankful for the word he's preaching right now. I mean, he's preaching redemption, forgiveness, that Jesus died. In one of the videos, he says, I'm no longer a slave. I'm a son of God. I mean, just lays it out. Yeah, we are the first ones to jump on him and say, you know what, not good enough, buddy. Huh? I'm not promoting him at all. I'm just saying if he trusted Christ, praise the Lord. We need more Kanye West to trust Christ, use their mouthpiece that they've been given to reach others for Jesus. And we ought to be promoting that instead of tearing people down. Honestly, we're some of the worst. And we have hope. When you go and spend time at your restaurant in just a few minutes with your waitress, who may have had a horrible day at home, Maybe got a lot of life going on that's just not going her way and complain and give her 4% or 5%. You know why waitresses and waiters don't want to work on Sunday? Because they know Christians are going to be coming into the restaurant. What a shame. What a shame. We should be better than that. We should be better. Now, we're all guilty. I'm not trying to call anybody out today. I'm asking you to love people. Say something kind to someone. And if someone has trusted Christ who lived a life that you believe is wretched, you are wretched too, and I'm wretched too. Apart from Jesus, we'd all be wretched, right? We shouldn't speak evil against the brethren. No one can control the tongue apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. No one. In all this, it's written as if the tongue is just a destructive piece that you just have to deal with. Thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit's power that we don't have to destroy. I took for many years, in fact, Riley still has not been to a real Georgia game, okay? Because I'd go to the games and we'd win, We've got the most miserable fan base in all the world, okay? Georgia fans are the most miserable fans in all the world. If you win by 30, something didn't go right. Win by 10, fire the coaches, right? I mean, right now, they're in the middle of that because a team from Columbia beat us. Congratulations, by the way, to all of you um, that are fans of that team. But our fans are some of the worst. So I go to a game not too long, I mean, several years ago. We're playing Kentucky. We win this game. And guess what? We win the division. Going to go play for the championship of the SEC. There are fans everywhere like just mad and cussing out coaches and stuff, cussing out coaches. And I'm like, I can't bring my child here. Well, just last week at a football game in the rain, we played a team in a a playoff game. No one wants to see a child get hurt in a football game. It happens, unfortunately. This mother in the pouring down rain, the weather's horrible, goes across the field to curse every person on the other side, because her child twisted his ankle. She called out the coaches, she called out the players, the fans. She looked it up at us in the score tower and cursed at us too, like we had anything to do with it, and just made a scene. I would be willing to guarantee in a year, people are going to forget the scores of that game. They'll forget who they played. They won't forget her. They'll forget different. I mean, major things that were accomplished teams that won and lost, the stain that she left. And I thought, this is 10 football. Does it really matter in the great scheme of life? Yeah, but how often do I talk about the brethren? Brothers and sisters, I need the Holy Spirit's power. What it reveals is our need to be submissive. Finally today, the hypocrisy of the tongue. In verses 9 to 12, we're not even going to go back there. Again, he talks several things like, can, can a pond bring both fresh, fresh water and salt water? He's being obvious again here. Like here, it's impossible. The hypocrisy of the tongue. I do actually want to look at one part, though. I'll tell you what, I take that back. Go, to, go about to chapter 3. I want to look at one verse here. Look at verse 9 okay, and a little bit of verse 10. This is important. I don't want to miss this. With it, bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. Brothers, these things ought not to be so. Ought not to be so. So, you're gonna go out to lunch. You're gonna be encouraging. You're gonna be thankful for that lady who's late with your tea, late with your food. You're gonna show her some love going to give her 20% or 15% or whatever you feel like God wants you to give? Or are you going to praise the Lord just a few minutes ago in the incredible worship that we had and go out there and say, you know what, ladies, sorry, it's just not your day. Here's a track. <laughs> By the way, I'm a Christian. Do you know people that do that? I'm like, dude, do you realize what, I mean, it would be surprising if she didn't light it on fire, <laughs> you know? Oh, thanks for this, you know? Oh, It matters. And that's what's gonna happen. It'll happen all over Anderson County today. Thousands of people will more than like leave a church service and destroy the person who had to get up in front of them and speak. He didn't do this well. He said this wrong. By the way, you can do that and you're probably right. Jeff will be back next week, all right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but really, the will. Man, he sure is long. Man, he's too short. Nobody ever says that, right? <laughs> no, no. I mean critical so critical I could have did that lesson better oh well again we'd love for you to serve in children's ministry we need lots of people so critical get home and your kids are tired so critical why can't you just act right what what, what does that mean I mean more than likely they're just telling you hey I'm a sinner this is what sinners do right such hypocrisy and by the way, I'm standing here as a guilty, guilty in this area, but I don't want to be a hypocrite for Jesus. I really don't. I want the words I say to matter, be valuable. I mean, there's nothing like sharing the gospel with a child, and just see that that light come on and that instant freedom. Even the other, last Tuesday, for instance, some of the. Workers were like, well, it was almost like it was, I don't know if I said the right thing, because it was almost, I said, it was easy. Yes, I said, well, that's God doing it, and that's okay. Yeah, but I may not have said the exact right word. He doesn't need you to say the right word. He needs you to be willing. He can do it. He doesn't need us. He allows us. The struggle is that the tongue can be so gracious or corrupt. I ask that you pray for Kanye West. If he's a new believer in Jesus Christ, he needs our prayers because he's in a community that is very anti-God, thinks is foolish, crazy even. I ask you to pray for those four names I mentioned. They're new Christians too. Some of them are going to go back to homes that do not believe in Jesus at all, at all. I don't know if this was the case in previous years, but what I've been told had happened at that school is they would give the gospel and then say, go home and talk to mom and dad. What? (laughs) Huh? No, 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 no. Because it could be like the child that I get to deal with every Monday and Wednesday. He's, I mean, God, now this kid is so sweet. If I brought him up here, you'd say, oh, he's cute because he is and... I mean, he wears unbelievable shoes. I like shoes. He wears Jordans. They're awesome. He's such a good dude, too. He really is. He's been in school suspension 11 times in 10 weeks. He makes 40s and 50s. He is struggling beyond struggle. And if you saw him, you'd say, man, that's a, that's a cool kid. You didn't know the other part. But then again, you don't know what he goes back home to. Where mom is in a gang and dad is in and out of the jail, and that really, the school system has said, he really doesn't have much hope. That's why we're not going to kick him out. I'm like, what? Doesn't have much hope. We were foster parents for four years. Many times the system would tell us, they are the way they are. Huh? No, no, no. No, they're not. God can invade that life. So we sit for 20 minutes sometimes, 40 minutes a couple times a week, and I, and I hear him talk a little bit. I found that if you play checkers, me and Crystal were talking about that, and said, you need to get a checkerboard, and we pull out checkers, and all of a sudden, he'll just start opening his heart and tell you things, and I'll, I'll leave that thinking, what do we do today, God? I mean, did this really matter? Yes, it matters. He needs somebody in his life, just somebody that he can just talk to, and there's somebody in your circle that you can be gracious to. Now you may not see them, they're there. They're just wanting somebody to be gracious to them. Because they go at home and they don't get that. Or they maybe go at school and get made fun of. The things that children say to each other is, I mean, destructive. In fact, I'll tell you what he does. One of his teachers let me read a paper. It says, what did you do last weekend? Last weekend, or a couple of weekends ago now, he goes across the street with his other portion of his family and they go in to break into home and break into vehicles. By the way, he's nine years old and he thought it was awesome that he got to be with them and bus car windows and take stuff out of vehicles and he was actually kind of proud. Well, what do we expect a lost person to do? I can't believe a nine-year-old will do that. They're lost. He has nobody at home giving him truth. He needs someone. We can be gracious. We can be gracious. Wouldn't it be awesome to know that on Sundays out to lunch, there was, like, there was a flood of waiters and waitresses waiting? This is the day, man. We're going to make our week out of this day. Because these, these church people, boy, they give. And they just love on you. Man, I want to come to work today. The grocery store, the Walmart line. Lady living by herself, raising three children. Has no hope. Wouldn't it be awesome to know that a Christian walks by and encourages them and lifts them up? As believers, quite simply, our words should reflect God's Word. That moment we want to criticize, is that found in here? That moment that we want to tear down. That moment that we want to just be hurtful. We're going to end in Proverbs today. James is called Proverbs of the New Testament. Again, these verses, it's just hard to kind of mess this up. <laughs> you just, oh. <laughs> Proverbs 13:3. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Death and life. Proverbs 18:21. They're all going to be right here on the screen, too. Proverbs 18:21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. And then twenty-one twenty-three is probably my favorite. If you're in a marriage, we need to memorize twenty-one to twenty-three. I mean twenty-one twenty-three. It says, Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. But it's true. There are just times. We have to learn not to say anything, to listen, to be someone's ear because they have a lot to say and they need more than anything else to be loved on just by being listened to. Now I'll say today was not something that like, oh, I gotta really think about, what did you talk about? What did you mean by this? No, it's actually, it's fairly simple but extremely difficult, right? It's easy to understand, hey, the tongue's powerful, man. It destroys. It's like a fire, well, let's be a church that builds each other up. Let's be people who get on social media and encourage. When we hear of a new believer, man, we're the first ones to encourage. Let's be the listening ear to the person that's hurting in Anderson because there's many right here, like within blocks of right here that are hurting, that are just waiting for someone to say, I know Jesus and he loves me, and I love you. So, here's my question today. I'm not doing heads to bowels, eyes closed, right? I've been very honest and open, right? How many of you would say in your hearts, "Don't raise your hand"? Hey, look, I got a problem with my tongue. If you just said yes, now I'm going to ask you to raise your hand because I want to pray for you. Yeah, you like that one? Yeah, yeah. It, man, look, if we're on, it's any. If you speak, right? If you just. It's like, good night. This little tongue just has so much power, but it can have graciousness. Man, it can do a lot of love for people. It can be great. And I want our church to be known. Family is a thing we promote. We talk about it all the time, right? But I want to be our church that, like the verse in Jeremiah says, understands and knows the Lord and loves God like Jesus loved, okay? Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll be dismissed tonight.